0: I hate you up all night, tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep, well welcome, uh, this is Sleep With Me, the podcast It's here to put you to sleep, we do it with a bedtime story, all you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play, I'm going to do the rest, and what I'm going to do is attempt to create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's uh, thoughts. Running through your brain, feelings, physical sensations, stirred up—you know, stirred up emotional stuff, noises, uh, you know, your trap. Whatever's keeping you awake, it could be any of a million things, and it's valid uh, if you're having trouble falling asleep. Uh, but whatever it is for the moment, I'd like to take your mind off of it. I'd like to distract you. I'm gonna use a uh, lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones. That's how I'm gonna create the safe place. I'm gonna send my voice across the deep dark night. Uh, or if you're a shift worker, or you know, you're, it's the daytime and you need a distraction, I'm gonna send it across the deep dark day. And what I'll do if you're new here is uh, like uh, like this. Uh, like usually, here's the structure of the show. It'll be about a five-minute business stuff, then about a 12-minute intro. And the intro is a little bit like a show in and of itself. Every every single episode, three times a week, I try to explain what the podcast is. And normally, like, so I've done whatever, 450, 500, I don't even know how many episodes I've done. But uh, I don't think I've total like, I haven't had an intro where I'm like, that's it. That's the podcast that puts you to sleep. That's how you describe it. Let's just do that every single week. And so it's become this ongoing 12-minute show within a show where you can ease into bed or you can fall asleep. A lot of people fall asleep during the intro, not everybody. Some people just skip straight to the story. But the intro is always kind of... I don't think it's a story within itself, Uh, but my attempt to create an intro... Is like an example of she well, be yeah. I guess it always answers the question what makes you qualified to make a podcast so people sleep? I said, Well, if you listen, I think you'll catch on pretty fast if you haven't already. I mean, right now, uh, let me just tell you, let's see if I can make a metaphor out of what's distracting me right at this moment, which is paint P A I N T paints. And I'm not talking about house paint or interior pla paint or you know, flat or matte or whatever the heck. I'm talking about the paint kids use or you used as a child. Or maybe you're a painter. Like I think it'll apply differently if you're a paint a painter or an art artist. Uh it gets some more paint brushes cause it like uh so I'm trying to figure out I think this will apply to bedtime. I think I'm, a, I guess I'm, I mean, I think you probably know this. Like when I was a kid, the teachers called me Mr. Messy because there was all those books which taught us how to make assumptions about people just, you know, just to judge, you know, just judge them quickly. Those were when the time I, they said, okay, here's these short little stories and they'll just teach you how to, you know, put somebody in a body, you know, and they said, this is your story, uh, Andy. It's called Mr. Messy. And I mean, it was the truth. And, uh, you know, I was a messy kid. I was a kid. Once, once we got to, to, to the age where you use a compass, I think that's what it's called—the thing with the pencil on one side—and you you use it to make circles. I think that's all I ever used it for. And you know, I tried to crack locker codes, with, It was the wrong tool for that. It would get you a detention for trying to break into somebody's locker, but it wouldn't get you in their locker. You could, you know, I would use it to draw in the paint of lockers. Sorry about that. Send the bill to my parents still because I was a minor at the time. Like those kind of things would be sticking out. Or usually in grammar school, what would happen is like twice a school year, the teacher would get a look at my desk or someone would just do tell on me. And my desk in my backpack was our, like, uh, if you took, like, you couldn't really replicate it. I don't understand the special kind of chaos my messiness generated. But, you know, there'd be like, uh, I'd have a little family of insects subsiding in my school desk, uh, you know, subsiding on whatever snacks I had in there, uh, AKA my friends, my, you know, my but you know, and then that would keep me company. And then books and stuff, uh, papers, it was things to be signed by my parents. I would usually, I had a special place in the back. I would try to, you know, I would try to build up a, it make something to distract the teacher's attention the other way, but they always call me I, 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 I'm no con artist. I'm like a, neither con, like a, yeah, I guess I was neither con nor an artist, but so I was tempting that. And then, they, like, usually the teachers would have me, like, empty, you know, clean my desk. Sometimes if the teacher was nice, if they would, like, uh, if they thought they were nice, they'd assign a classmate or two to help me clean my desk because somehow I was in- unable to do that. And normally it would be someone I had to crut, you know, they'd say, oh, boy, I got stuck cleaning Andy's desk with Andy. And, it, like, I think it was, like, I do—I think I, like, have, like—I don't even know where all this—they'd always say, where all this stuff come from in there? And i say an alternate—you know, alternate dimension. I don't know. I mean, I would always say—I just would say, I don't know. Maybe sometimes they did say, you know, someplace else, but they didn't—you know, it wasn't. It was really— I don't know whatever it was, but, it, it was, so I, was, but I was thinking about paintbrushes because I'm not really a visual artist. I mean, I try to paint visuals with my words, but I don't have that gift of, uh, I don't know, looking at space and being able to, 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 to draw our paint. I'm just not, I don't have that. My brain doesn't function in that way, and I don't have the talent or the skill. But I'll tell you what, you need to irreparably damage some paintbrushes. I'm your man. I've been doing that uh, for 40 odd years. Uh, you need some paintbrushes that need to go in the garbage, but first you want them ruined, uh, I'm, uh, you, I'm your person. Uh, I can do it with watercolors, acrylics, oil-based paints, you name it. I was just doing it today with a couple of kids. I was helping on a project. They were working on a project, a couple of 10-year-olds, and they were doing some painting you I don't think it was a hundred percent my fault because it was kind of like a spur of the moment project Like, uh, but they were using acrylic paints, and I did try to like keep track of time. And I said, okay, we're gonna have to get some cleaning up going. And then I even tried to like have us watch a, like a YouTube video about cleaning up after you, acrylic painting. But I guess one we didn't have like an art sink. Two, we were outside on a tarp, and then like the biggest uh, the biggest thing I could get was uh an old uh like, cookie container to, to wash the brushes in. And so, I mean, here's the spoiler. Those brushes are ruined. It, hopefully no one related to that project is listening to this podcast because, oh, boy, about four hours from now, those brushes are going to be harder than uh, steel. I mean, we did attempt to, to like, uh, rinse them, but at some point I became aware that I was participating in a ruse, and I think the two 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 young kids knew they said, oh, yeah, really, you could get that brush going in that water, which is thicker than the original acrylic paint. Really wash that brush off and you know that so we can use it next time. Now, luckily, the kids, they we did have a discussion about it because they were like, uh, I mean, they saw right through me right away. Like, they said, why do we need to clean these brushes? Like, uh, And they said, well, because you won't be, I said, in my experience, kids, brushes when a kid uses a brush or me, at any age, it's never usable again, but I didn't want to teach them that life lesson you know or too early uh, because that one's they say or to work into your belief system <laughs> like mine, when you've used a brush, it's no longer useful uh, these brushes can't be cleaned, or then i you know then i how'd this become a like a therapy session? But so they did say, well, why, you know, they were like debating with me. Why do we need to clean these brushes? What's the big deal? Oh, also the person in the YouTube video, they had a brush cleaner, like a fancy brush cleaning gel or something. And they said, well, why don't we, why, why don't we get a brush? Why don't we have that brush cleaner? I said, well, her brushes cost like a hundred dollars. Uh, like these ones are pretty sure from the 99 cent store. He said just humor me let's just pretend I, did, I should have just but let's just pretend so obviously that's what qualifies me to make a sleep podcast. If you could read between the paper, I should if you don't mind me saying, between the bristles." I did watch this like a uh, YouTube video, and it did make me breathless because I said, "Holy cow, this person was really I mean, she had expensive brushes, she was an artist, so it was her tool. And she really was fastidious uh, about explaining how to, but not in a over, she wasn't over fastidious. It was, she was just straight up a, a great, right amount of fastidiousness. The fast to the itty ditty, like with uh, cleaning her brushes. And it, I was exhausted. Just I said, holy cow, no wonder all the brushes in my, like I said, I couldn't even do 10% of that work. Uh, put a brush in water, swish it around. And tap it on, you know, ideally you have a rag, uh, and keep doing that no matter how, how, how much paint's in the water. And I think like when I say to you, hopefully you're feeling it in a neutral way. I feel pretty neutral talking about it now, but I'm sure when I put my head down at bedtime, I'll be like, why can't you clean brushes? What is, you know, that person in my brain with, I don't know why a part of my brain has a checklist and a clipboard. And then they have to stand on my bed above me, like right when I'm in. And they say, why can't you clean brushes? And they say, what are you checking off on that clipboard? I thought you were a figment of my imagination. Oh, if only I was a figment of your imagination. You know, no, I'm, I'm, a, I'm like, a, I'm your brain hired to cons. I'm trying to get this, this things in order here. And this is what I have to work with a person that can't even get a paintbrush cleaned. And they said, well, those paintbrushes were like, I think they are from the 99, I can get more at the 99 cents store. And we did switch, you know, we did swish them around. We did clean up. I, I think that's a pot. Oh, boy. He said, that's a positive. Like, uh, couldn't even use, wasn't even clean water. Well, it was clean for like one or two brushes. And the one thing I've learned is that you get into a debate with that part of you, one, I don't, like, you shouldn't have a clipboard in bed anyway, so you're really, you're, like, down one clipboard. You can't do, like, you know, like, pretend you're doing checks. If you had your own clipboard, at least you could be like, okay, what was you, like, pretend you're filling out a form with that part of your brain. Okay, so you're asking me about the paper, what was your name again? Figment of my brain. And they say, no, 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 I'm from, you know, Accenture or whatever, you know, the, the subconscious division. And they say, okay, what's your bad, what's your customer ID number? And they say, what do you what, what do you need to do that for? We'll find out if you're a figment, you know, if you have one, maybe you're not a figment of my imagination. But no, I'm just filling out this uh, evaluation of your work. It's, it's uh, shoddy, to be honest. See, when you have a clipboard, you could do that. But most of the time you're in bed and you're trying to go to sleep, it's really hard to disengage from these things. For me, it is. I don't know about you. And for, for other people, it could be something relatable. It could just be, you know, something physical or something uh, noise or whatever. And this is what the podcast says. It offers an alternative path. I ramble and, like, a meander and don't make a whole lot of sense, but I'm a little bit goofy. I try to be lighthearted and as silly as I can be. I don't take myself seriously, uh, but I do take putting people to sleep seriously. Um, but what was my point? Um, whew, what was my point? I get distracted. See, the, 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 I mean that's what qualifies me. Is that like I'll tell a story and I'll be talking here for an hour total. And here's the deal: you you can listen to me for as long as you want. I'll try to take your mind off so you don't have to stay listening. You don't have to stay engaged, but you're also under no pressure to fall asleep because I'll be here uh, doing my best to keep you company while you fall asleep. And ideally, my voice will be the thing that kind of carries you across the threshold from wake to sleep. And it doesn't work for everybody because this is an acquired taste. But You know, give it a few tries if you're new. If you're skeptical, I totally get it. This, I mean... If you tried to follow my logic, like it's like, uh, was he self shaming about paintbrushes? I think he was. Yep, I was. I was, uh, well, no, it was an outside party from a consulting firm. I, I don't know. Yeah, I probably was. But the main message in the main sense is I want you to feel welcome, even if this podcast doesn't work for you. I want you to feel respected because I appreciate you trying it. Uh, And I want to give you just some dignity because I say if you can't sleep, it's tough. And um, I hope this podcast and more than that, I yearn. I work really hard to make these shows because I really want to help you fall asleep. So thanks for stopping by. Hey, everybody, it's Scoots here. And I'm always, you know, I'm always looking for something lulling and soothing, but a little bit different or original to do to put you to sleep. And I know unboxing videos have been a big thing, you know, since uh, since a long time. You know, everybody, and it can be interesting. Or you go you go online to watch reviews and stuff. And so I thought we'd do an un- like this is an unboxing, like a lulling unboxing. It's not going to be technology though, but this will be an actual. Uh, I guess it won't be a live unboxing as I'm recording it. I, like I, I'll be here actually unboxing this, uh, for real. So, and, and I think it's very, it's not, you know, I just didn't pick something like, okay, we're going to unbox a, a bag of sponges, uh, cause well, that wouldn't take an hour either. It's so, okay. It's open. Uh, but to, actually to speaking of sponges, this one came from my brother, Carl, uh, it, already off topic, uh, tra, tra- straight into Trader Joe's but it was my brother carl he said uh, that trader joe's has these uh, sponges i think he told me this like 5 6 years ago and he doesn't even normally shop at a, like a like trader joe's i don't think but uh he was like you got to get these trader joe's natural sponges and my brother ken like uh, he started buying them so he told me about them and that's all. Like, that's like you don't unbox them. You unbag them, and they're like uh, shrivel, like they're the dried sponges. Then you get them wet, and they go to full size. They're not inexpensive, but they are so well made. Like the sponge never comes apart, and, and then you know you just get rid of it when it's, uh, whenever whenever it's past its prime. I don't know. That's kind of hurtful for a sponge to hear. I was gonna say they when it starts to stink, and then you spray it with. Uh, or when it's covered in, like, where you say, well, you're just too, you're too, I guess it's kind of like meat, you're too covered in grease stains and, and stuff, uh, then the sponge goes away. Uh, sorry, sponge, any sponges that are listening, I apologize, uh, sorry about that. How did this, uh, in the world of sponges, this just became a podcast to keep you up, uh. Podcasts that keep sponges, but they do a great job. Those sponges, I think they're. I think it's eleven dollars for like a pack of eight, or eight dollars for a pack of eleven. Uh, sleep with me, the podcast about the sponges and sponge. You know, sp- sponge. can't. We can't talk about it too much because it'll go off the rails. So this is a t- this is the first on sleep with me. Maybe I don't. I we've done so many ob- episodes, but I don't think I've ever done a b- unboxing. And of course, I you know some of you are sitting on the edge of your. Hopefully, none of you are sitting on the edge of your bed. Maybe on the edge of your pillow. Saying, "Scoots, what are we going to unbox?" And well, I say, "Don't worry. Like, it'll, I'm going to take forever to get there. I got a story about it, of course. Uh, and you, you know, it'll maybe. I don't know. It'll probably be the title. I don't know what the title of that episode's going to be." But you'll find out it's nothing too exciting, but it is just interesting enough to take your mind off stuff, of course. So let's see. Let's talk about routines, I guess, first, because uh, I don't know if I've talked about this routine that I've tried to develop. And I can already feel my insides getting a little tight. And we've talked about this on the show, the C word, C-L-U-T-T-E-R, and, you know, a little bit of the chaos involved, and then I tend to have some of that in my life, and, and I've found what really is effective for me is setting a timer, And but I have to do it every night of saying, okay, let's just work on this, uh, for like filing stuff, or working on a cabinet for five minutes, and then maybe if we can go longer... And I wish that wasn't the case, but it just is for me. And uh, like, I have noticed that that's powerful if you keep it up. Uh, but then what, what, this is just being honest. My default is that then one night I'll be like, I can't possibly handle five minutes of organization stuff. Please give me a break. And then that turns into like six months, uh, And I think it is one of those self-perpetuating things. Like, I think the part of me that's saying that is really up to no good. And it's just got to be like, okay, we'll just do it for five minutes then. You could handle it for five minutes. Just like we do with a little kid if you're reparenting yourself or whatever, like I'm trying to do. And say, just we'll just do it for five minutes. Then when the timer goes off, we don't have to do it anymore. There even is a logical thing. It's based on, uh, like, fake numbers. But I always say, like, well, five minutes is, like, 10,000 more minutes uh, or 10,000% more than zero. And I guess that little kid part of me says, like, it can make my kid feel good. Wow, really? That much more than zero? And, you know, because I think just, I don't know, I don't want to dig too deep into it because I'm not super cluttered. But I just have, I mean, with the podcast, there's a lot of stuff inbound and then I'm producing a lot of notes and it's tough to keep all that organized. And I don't really have any spare time, like the five minutes after I watch Star Wars before I go to bed or Star Trek, excuse me, Star Trek. And, but that works if I do it consistently. So I was doing it in, uh. Like, even if I want to procrastinate, I say, well, just do something for five minutes then. Cause I say, well, I don't know, like, something about um, filing, like, it gives me, like, just really stressful. Like, I don't know if it's the bills or whatever. So then the other night, I said, I can't handle that. And I said, well, let's just do something else for five minutes then. Like, so organize this little cabinet here. And then I got a look in the first cabinet. I said, well, how about we just shove stuff in here for five minutes? Cause I don't know if I could handle, uh, look and I said, well, let's just try another cabinet then. And I said, okay. So we went on to this next cabinet. And I said, let's just pick some stuff out that we could throw. Like, uh, and in the cabinet was uh, like some uh, like, uh, DVDs, like a big organizer, one of those uh, ones that zips up of DVDs that's never been like, uh, I don't know when I stopped watching. I don't have a way to watch DVDs. Maybe you could do that on the Xbox, but, uh, I don't really watch DVDs. They still have, uh, the organizer of them. And, and, and then that one's a tough save. Well, what do I do with these DVDs? Cause a lot of them were, uh, backups or stuff. So, but then I started digging around and there's like a computer that I'm trying, like it's a little bit underpowered, but I'm saving it for some, you know, some, some project one, one day. So there's that. And I started rifling around in there, and I was literally, I said, okay, let's just pick a couple of things we can recycle, a couple of things we could throw out, and a couple of things we could put up, you know, put in order here. And this is when I found this box, and what w- was the box is, it was a cr- Christmas gift to me, and it was part of a Christmas gift, it was part of the... uh I guess maybe there, there's there's a box within a box, so more answers may come. But it was part of a Goonies boxed set someone gave me for Christmas one time. And I think it was the Goonies 20th anniversary edition. So it would have been 2002, maybe? No, 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 no. Goonies didn't come out in 82. Maybe 2006, 86, I think it probably came out, or 85. I don't know. Um, but like, so it was a back set, and the back set wasn't in there, so we're not going to open the back set. Uh, but we, what we are going to open is within the back set was this uh, Goonies board game. And I'm holding the box within a box now, and it says the Goonies for two to four players. And the box is made to, I guess, look like it doesn't look like a treasure box um, quite. It looks like a picture frame box or something. But so it's got like a little fake metal corners and then like wood. And then in the square within the wood, if it was a picture frame, it says the Goonies and it's, uh, the little letters and then Goonies in that Goonies font with the, uh, I dotted by, um, you know, friend of one eyed Willie's. And it says for two to four players. And then there's a map, uh, like a treasure map. And then its treasure map is torn. And through we're seeing through the treasure map, uh, the sky, the setting sun, a ship with its sails unfurled, and then a rock. And then these kids looking at the ship and pointing at it. Now, it's a drawing. Uh, it's clearly a stylized uh, so it's not a shot from the movie, and I guess if you saw this, you'd think Brandt was the main character. Brad, Brandt, Brad, Brand, Brand. Like I always get his name mixed up because he's standing and pointing. He's got his headband on. He's holding a staff like he was an Elvish, uh, like wizard or something. Next to him, maybe Andy, but it, she looks a very small and too young. Uh, then on his knees on the ground, I believe, is Chunk, Lawrence, right? Lawrence is his real name. Uh, then down the rocks in front of Brandt, it looks like uh, Martha Plimpton's character, who, of course, I do not know, like, uh, and then two other characters on either side of Martha Plimpton, one assuming mouth and one assuming data. Oh, you know what, though? Huh. I'm getting mixed up because then at the bottom is someone who I would assume is Mikey, but, uh, he's got like a ribbon flowing off his outfit. Uh, I don't know what that is. It lo- looks very D and D. So that could be Martha Plimpton. Cause it, didn't she have a sweater on with, uh, uh like a b- attached belt? Uh, and then the person I saw was Martha Stewart or Martha Plimpton could be data with his hair slicked back. It looked like maybe something, I thought it was hair, but maybe it's something sticking out of his backpack. So they're all standing on a rock pointing at one-eyed Willie Shipper looking at it. Like kind of something out of like an adventure, the front page of an adventure book. And then there's like a goonie style crest, a circle with circular uh, writing that says based on the blockbuster adventure movie. Then there's like a One-Eyed Willie's friend with a Goonies, like a hat with a Goonies bandana on it. Oh, no, that is One-Eyed Willie. Uh, Then the left and the right side of the box say uh, Goonies board game. And then they have the WB thing. And then uh, the box is open. Uh, But within the box is like a sealed plastic container. And on the bottom, it says, uh, like it's like a label. It says warning, it says uh, conforms to safety stuff, ages 14 and plus. Uh, so just in case you were planning on playing this, uh, with your kids, you can't. It's ages 14 and up. So, PG, this game's PG 14, and it says Goonies trademark Warner Brother Entertainment. Uh, then on the other side, it says the Goonies 20, 25th Anniversary uh, board game. So that would have been maybe 2011 then or n like uh, uh, the Goonies 25th Anniversary Collection board game. And on top of the cover is like an even cooler map, uh, which is let me get to, let me get some more light on here and, and we'll get into some more details. Right, so I did some plastic removing so I get a better view. But so, like, uh, this is, like, uh, there's a map, and, and it says the Goonies' 21st anniversary board game. I think I said that. Then there's a silhouette, and then, of course, the, the largest figure in the silhouette is uh, Sloth. And Sloth seems to be holding the hands of two children. One, I would assume, is tr- Chunk, uh, just because of his, his body type, and then the other one... I guess it's Andy because she's wearing a skirt, and uh, but her hair seems shorter. Then to the right of Andy is Brant, or Brant, Brant, with his hands in his pockets. Uh, then holding Chunk's hand is someone I could only assume is Mouth, and then Mouth is holding Martha Plimpton's hand. Presumably, and then Martha Blimpton is holding Mikey's hand, and then Data is running to join them. Like, because uh, D- 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 yeah, Data's like a raincoat with a cape or whatever is behind, like, flowing behind him. Uh, but the background's very interesting. There's a giant G, looks like some sort of doubloom, doubloon. Uh, then there's like uh, some things you'd see on a map, like uh, sea sea creatures. Uh, then there's like an old uh, the, the, the Spanish to bloom or whatever. It says P O S V D E eighty five. Like maybe one of the things they use for wayfinding. Then there's a map. Then I think is there's the squid that only appeared in like on YouTube cuts of the movie. There's some clams, a little bit of an island or something. And then this is also the instructions. Now, of course, I want to dig into the game before we go through the instructions, but let's just uh, like do a little bit. Uh, it's for two to four players, the Goonies game, trademarked, by the way, Goonies. And uh, so I don't know if I can, does that mean I can't use it in the title of the podcast? Probably not. Maybe if I put it in quotes. Uh, but the objective is to be the first player to escape One-Eyed Willie's Cave uh, with at least three gold balloons, doubloons. double Doubloons, if I'm doing it phonetically. And then the contents, maybe I shouldn't tell you the contents because yeah, that'll be more fun. So I'm going to open up. Uh, so that's the instructions, which maybe we'll have time to get to. Maybe we won't. I mean, I much prefer digging into the, uh, what do you call this? The... Uh, ephemera of the game or the the physical stuff okay so digging in i'm gonna have to pause it but there seems to be a game board actually and it's hard i was thinking the whole time i never opened this because i was like oh wow like i don't like uh, board games without a board But this seems to be a well folded board and it's in plastic so i'll open that uh then there's also a deck of cards uh, game cards uh, then there's some bases, like I think for the characters to stand on, like if they're cardboard, there's a green base, a blue base, a yellow base, a orange base, and a red base. Uh, you know, just for like to represent characters, I think they're going to stand on these bases. Okay, yeah, and then there's, uh, holy cow, uh, we're going to have to dig into this one. But yeah, then there's characters, but they're headshots of the characters, and I'm not trying to be funny. I have no idea. The top character looks like uh, Hermione, um, like uh, um, Emma Emma Watson. Is that who plays Hermione? Uh, and then it's in a package. And then the other side is clearly Corey Feldman. Very, I mean, obviously he was young, but holy cow! He definitely like is he? He's got a like a winning smile on there. And then there's another little package of uh, paper coins. I could assume these are the doubloons. So what I'll do is I'll open up the board and the cards and the, uh, the characters, and I'll be right back. Okay, so I'm back here, and I've opened, I haven't opened. I have looked at the game board because I don't want to do that without you. I would not do that to you, you know. And I'm just realizing that there's probably some people that are... Um, like, like a young, young, like younger people or older people that might not know what Goonies is. Uh, so Goonies was a movie in the 1980s. I think it's pretty, uh, ingrained into our cultural lexicon. Uh, but it was an adventure movie, like, uh, like very similar, uh, to Stranger Things, but a little bit more, uh, aimed at children than adults, uh but the same sense of young people on an adventure where there are stakes. And so, so yeah, you really, and it was just had a huge impact on me. Um, so it might be worth checking out. I like, uh, but so I, I'm going to go through these are the character pieces. And again, the first one I see, I assume maybe it isn't Andy, maybe we'll come back or maybe she didn't want to have her picture taken, or maybe the Andy in my mind is just different than the Andy' character, but it does look a lot like Emma Watson. Um, so that's the first character. Then you have a uh, mouse. I think that's his name, uh, played by Corey Feldman. Which I shouldn't have said because I'm not going to know all the characters, Everybody who played everybody. I probably will that be the, then? We have Mikey. And Mikey's headshot is definitely a shot from the movie. I'm not sure the other two headshots. He's looking behind him. His head is, like, wet. And he's, like, reacting, like, in a little bit of amazement to something. And, yeah, so... Then we have Data, who also, his headshot looks like like it's from the movie. I forget how young these characters were. Because he's kind of looking at something... And then we have Chunk, uh, who's also looking like he's smiling and saying something. I think he's saying, hey, guy, hey you guys, or, hey, he, he's got a big smile. So I'll be a little bit honest. It's not exactly, it's an interesting choice. So we'll see with the gameplay that you can't be Brant or Martha Plimpton's character, whose name, you know, whose character name I don't know. Um, But I just think that's uh, strange, like, a little bit that uh, the, that uh, those two characters were left out. I don't know. I mean, really, is it? I don't like But I, I mean, who am I to judge? I like. I can't. You know, I'm, I've had this game sitting in a drawer somewhere for uh, years. And then the next thing to look at is these doubloons, doubloons, doubloons. I guess, and most of them are gold doubloons. So I don't know if we'll need to shuffle them. And on one side is uh, they're pretty small, like they're about the size of my thumbnail. Everything is trademarked, uh, by the way, so don't think about uh, using this. And then on the other side is an image of One Eyed Willie. And uh, there's yeah, we should count them. You're right, Scoots. One, two, three, four, five, six. Seven, eight, nine. There's 10 in my hand. There's also some in the box. Silly. How'd you fall asleep? Well, I was counting doubloons. Scoot was counting doubloons, doubloons. He was trying to say doubloons. Doubloons from... Uh, then he was counting them from the Goonies board. There's a Goonies board game? Well, it's only included in the 21st, 5th anniversary edition. And 99% of people are like, Scoot, they, they didn't even bother opening the game. There's also three doubloons that are um, different. So I don't know. And they say on one side, they say go back. And then on the other side is like one of, like these are black instead of gold. And then on the other side is the image of someone like One-Eyed Willie, but not One-Eyed Willie. They have two, uh, you know, maybe Chester Copperpot. I'm not positive though, because they're not wearing, it's just a headshot. And then we have the cards, and the cards that say "The Goonies 25th Anniversary Collector Edition" on the back, and then they have uh, like a map theme. And then on the top left side of the card, there's the balloons, like it looks like actually a picture of them. And then on the lower right side, it's like a map type image of a sailing ship, presumably. Uh, You can't even name it. You know, One-Eyed Willie's ship. I don't know what it was called, but of course we'll count the cards. I don't know. Let me see if I can do it quietly. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. 14 Goonies, 15 Goonies, 16 Goonies. I'm losing my breath. 17 Goonies, 18, 19, 20, 21 Goonies, sitting in a tree, 22 Goonies, sitting with me, 25 Goonies, kissing a bee, 25 Goonies. Oh, I I messed up my count. I'm not kidding either. I'm going to try to get back to 25 as fast as I can. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, All right, let's just focus on counting these other ones, Scoots. twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-eight Goonies, 29 Goonies, 30 Goonies on cards, forty, forty-one. 42 43 44 45 i think we're going to have 52 46 47 48 49 50 4 uh, Goonies cards uh now let's take a look at some of these cards you know let's let's have some fun the first one i see is a zero and it's silver. So I don't know if there's like an uno aspect to this. Because it has a zero. It a number zero. And it's silver. And it also says force one player to give one of their gold blooms to another player. Uh, then the next card is a, a card is a red four. And there's a lot of good artwork. So uh, it's a four F-O-U-R. Then it has four in Roman numerals. But the four also... The font looks like a candied, um, uh, there it's a gem, a red gem color, um, in a font that you'd associate with the Goonies. And then behind it is what is that? A Jolly Roger, like a, a map, but it has an image of the Jolly Roger behind it. Uh, so that's a card with a four on it. It's, Uh, Then we have a zero card again. I guess these are ones move the player in the lead back six places. And in the background of the zero cards is a ship, uh, like a drawing of a ship on a map. Uh, Then we have a two, a red two card, very similar to the red four. Then we have a zero card. Play this card at any time, even if it's not your turn, to cancel the effects of another special movement card, then draw a card. So this would be good if they try to take your doubloon or make you move back. So that's another silver zero. Okay, this increases my speculation that this is an Uno-like game because this is a green four card we're seeing now. Uh, now a yellow or gold six uh, card. And then a green three. Uh, then a yellow three. Ooh, beautiful. Then there's a five and it's a... Uh, beautiful aquamarine color really like that one uh then a gold two or a, no no yellow two you're right you're right brain then an aquamarine three a red three a zero put any player into lock up uh, green six so i think the highest number is six uh a zero. If you're in lockup, play this card to free yourself and move your piece to the space in front of the player that is in the lead. Now that is a powerful card. Like one where you could almost wait. Till, here's a strategic maneuver of a game I've never played. If you have this card, get put in lockup right close to the end of the game and you'll win if you have the balloons. doubloons. Uh, green three. Yellow four. Green two. Yellow three. This is is this like it is this what unboxing videos are like? Well, except without the spark scoots. Uh, aquamarine, four. Also, it's in a video, but uh, uh, ruby red five. You're right. Give me more the aquamarine two, ruby red three. A zero, silver zero, snap a swap any two players' positions on the board. Uh, ruby red two, Uh zero. Move forward to the closest white crystal space. Bump any player you pass as if you landed on them. Oh, so this is a mystery. Like, so if you two players can't share the space, same space in this game, what do we say? We can't say ruby green, uh, uh, green Jello 4, uh, Jello Jiggler Green 4, Green Jello Jiggler 4, Goldenrod 5, uh, Jello Green Jiggler 2, Goldenrod 3, aquamarine 4, uh, Ruby Red 6, aquamarine 3, Ruby Red 3. A zero swap places with any other player's piece, including lockup. Oh, wow. So if you have this, you could swap places, go to lockup, and then if you have the other card, then you could get into the lead. But if you had this, you could just switch places with the person in the lead, which actually would work good because then if you have the lockup card, someone might try to lock you up because you're in the lead. A uh, o green jiggler five. Uh, Zero, flip over the top two cards of the move deck and move that many spaces. Uh, Do not add any bonus movements for matching colors. Oh, so maybe it's not like Uno. These numbers are how often we will move. Three, Jello, Jiggler, Green, three, Goldenrod, four, Aquamarine, E6, Goldenrod, two, Aquamarine, three, ruby red, four, and finally an Aquamar- aquamarine, two. I uh, did I mention they're in, uh, in Roman numerals, but like they look like dog bones, uh, the Roman numerals for two. So that's the cards uh, for the game. Next we'll go on to the board, and I guess then we'll re- learn the rules here because, um, uh, the board is kind of simple. So this does not exactly inspire, uh, I mean, no offense. I love Goonies, but the board does not exactly inspire excitement. I guess, cause I'm like, uh, I have trouble with focusing. I like a board with a lot going on and not to steal the conversation, but I think maybe I've talked about it. It's the greatest board game I've ever played as a child. We got it at a garage sale. And it was a vertical board game. This was, I mean, you're talking 1982, maybe. So, And it was used at a garage sale. And it was a vertical board game, meaning instead of the board being flat, it, it like, had a holder and it went upwards, and it was a mountain. And the characters were mountain climbers, and you, there was little holes on the board, and you would put their pick in the hole, and they would slowly try to make their way up different ways up the mountain. And of course, it was from a garage sale you know we didn't we had to you know improvise some things, but there was like a you know different things you could set off and it would affect players below you, so like a landslide, boulders, you know she like a rams, and it was a great game it was really like the greatest board game I've ever played and they still uh you could go to garage sales looking for this game. Um, it may, maybe, but it would just be, you know, just for, for nostalgia purposes. I don't know if it was that good or I was just like, because I was, it was so unique as a kid. So that also makes it tough to stack up against, you know, if, uh, for, for games, because I see, I see this board. So here's the board. It is, um, it's a mostly square board. I can't say that with a hundred percent certainty that it's a square and all it looks like is a path. There's a start and then there's an escape. And let's see, how do I describe this? So the path just looks like like little stepping stones. Some look like they're ice. Uh, some look like they're uh, green Jell-O-Jiggler gems. Uh, some look like they're aquamarine blue gems. Some look like they're ruby red gems. And some look like they're... Uh, What are those called? Uh, Goldenrod gold gems. And they proceed in a serpentine way. So start and it goes to... So I'm looking at the upper left uh, quadrant of the board. And it says start. And also, so the backdrop of the board is a map. It says again, the Goonies 25th Anniversary Collector's Edition. Uh, But it also proceeds over some water uh, towards the end of the game. And then the escape thing also has a like a print of a ship uh like a like a little painting of a ship uh and the board doesn't like the map that the bo like is the backdrop doesn't seem to have anything to do with Goonies. There is the uh skull key thing on the right hand side of the board, and then there's a Jolly Roger and there's some doubloons uh spilled in the middle. And a couple of compass uh, roses or whatever. And then there's on the left hand side below the start, there's a thing with bars and it says seven lockup and it kind of looks like a little, uh, old fashioned jail. Uh, then also spread about the board, and I don't, it doesn't look like there's any, I mean, I'm sure there's an algorithm, but it doesn't look like one I could figure out is, uh, uh, different pictures of One-Eyed Willie with like so on a um, on a space on a game space, and it says six and or seven uh, or eight uh, below One-Eyed Willie. There are also it seems like there's a couple places. So let's see. So you start at the start and then you go all the way to the right. You, yeah, we should count it. You're right. Uh, one, two, three, four. The fourth spot says six with one-eyed willy, five, six. The sixth spot's a piece of ice. These are all green, Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Also a one-eyed willy to space. Then there's a 12 is a ice space. 13 is the aquamarine, 14 aquamarine, 15. 16 is aquamarine, it says one-eyed willy, six. 17 is aquamarine, 18 is ice Nineteen aquamarine, twenty one-eyed Willie, seven aquamarine, twenty-one and twenty-two are aquamarine. Twenty-three is ice, and at twenty-three you can go left or right for three spaces that go to the exact same spot. Uh, but if we remember, two players can't like it would wouldn't make any sense except that two players can't share the same spot. So I guess if you didn't want to knock your friend off the board, you could go left or right. That seems like it's going to cause some trouble, though. But if you go left, there's three spots, a green, a blue, and a red, and then it ends in a golden rod, one-eyed willied seven. And if you take the left path, it goes red, Roy G. Biv, uh, red, green, in like aquamarine, and ends at the same uh, one-eyed willied seven. Uh, then the path splits three ways. All, all the paths are the same length. Uh, so the path to the left goes green, aquamarine, red, and then a, a uh, one of One-Eyed Willie's friends is Chester Copperpot uh, in a blackish-brown. Uh, the center path goes Roy G. Biv, red, green, and then in like a uh, Blue. And then Chester copper Pot. and then the rightmost path goes uh uh aquamarine red and green jello jiggler to Chester copper Pot. Uh, then there's a ice spot then our spots all turn to so now we're over the water on ice then there's a ruby red spot uh, regular then a ruby red Chester or ruby red willie what, what's his name willie Wonka, one eyed willie eight then a Ruby Red, then a Ruby Red, then Ice. And now we're back on land. Then another Ruby Red, another then a one-eyed Willy eight, and then two more Ruby Red spaces, then an uh, ice space. And then we're in the goldenrod zone in the home stretch. There's one, two uh goldenrods, then a third that's a one-eyed Willy eight, then another golden rod, then ice, then a one-eyed Willy nine. 10, 11, 12, like, uh, then there's four more, uh, golden rods, then ice. And then the end of the game, the escape. And, you know, I'm no game designer. So, oh, I just noticed on the map, it looks like this could be the Nile or the Mississippi. Like, uh, there seems to be some river with a lot of labeling on there. Uh, I think this took place in Maine though in um, a movie, right, in Augusta, Maine. Is it Portland, Maine? But looking over the board, I really don't have an idea of how to play, so I am going to have to read the instructions, so let's, let's do that. All right, so let's go through the Goonies game instructions. I'll probably be doing some paraphrasing. All right, so it comes with five game pieces. Chunk, Mikey, Andy, Data, Mouth uh, with plastic stands, game board, 45 move cards. Is that how many? I thought I only counted. I thought I counted 44 uh, rules insert, which is in my hand, 16 gold doubloons, of which I counted for 10, and then three skull tokens. And you're like, Scoots, what's the setup? How do we get this game going? I'll tell you. This is what we'll do. We'll sit down. You know, obviously we've got to get a game place going. Then each player is going to pick. It doesn't have, like, one of those ones, whoever's birthday's closer to make it easy. So each player picks a piece and places it on the place mark start. Uh, so that'll be another thing. I guess if it's 14 and up, you should be able to say, you know, not everybody's fighting over data. Or Mouth, I guess everybody has their own, who would I be? Uh Brian isn't an option. I mean, I, I would prefer Martha Plimpton. And also would have been great if the game, would like she was included, so I'd know what her character's name was, but it didn't. You see, you'd be Mouth, Scoots. I mean, no, I mean, I like Chunk a lot. I mean, if it can't be Martha Plimpton, probably Chunk. Or Lawrence, as the police officer refers to him. Okay, so let's see, set up, each player picks a place, puts them on start, shuffle the move deck and place it by the board where all the players can reach it, that's respectful. And then form a discard pile for your move cards next to the deck. Okay, randomly, without looking, uh, place a skull token face down in each of the three skull spaces on the board. Uh, then each player draws three cards from the move deck. This is your hand. And then the youngest player goes first, so that's easy. So maybe the oldest player gets to pick the pieces first. Okay, on your turn, play a move card from your choice in your hand. Uh, so we'll have three move cards, and I assume those are the numbered cards or the card, the zero card with a like, uh, thing you can do on it. So it turns out those cards are kind of powerful. I like that you have a choice of three things to do instead of the randomness of the dice. Because then you could try to hold your move you know, because obviously you don't want to, like, there's a couple of calculations. You you can knock players off the board, I believe. We'll find out. And then you also can hold these zero cards for a strategic value for later in the game if you can. But then if you can't move, you have to play one, I guess. So play a move card, Uh, move your piece that many squares forward or backward. Wait a second, whoa. Or backward on the board. Uh, Check to see if you've landed on a trap space. Uh, See trap spaces below. Oh, that's interesting. And then end your turn by drawing move cards until you have three in your hand. So, okay, finish up by drawing your cards. Okay, move cards, your, your hand's composed of three move cards. Each move card is, has a number on it, 0, 2, 3, 4, 5, or 6. No ones, that's interesting. Uh, when you play a move card, move your piece in either direction. The number of spaces is equal to the number on the move card you played. So that makes some of those roundabouts interesting because you could go around the circle like it's not just a, like since you this is the first this is the first time I've played one of these board a board game where you can go back and forth in a while, so that's also interesting. Okay, when you play a move card and its color matches the color on the space of the board you uh, started from, you can choose to move an additional space. Okay, interesting. So another layer of strategy of trying to use cards that match the sp- if you're trying to get to the end fast you can choose to move an additional space. Special move cards. There are nine special move cards that have no movement. Each of these special move cards has a unique ability, as we read, Yeah, that might help you get ahead in the game. You can play a move card at any time. Uh, you can play a regular move card. If you play a special move card, it counts as your turn, even if you don't end up moving your piece. Special move cards count as zero when turned over for movement. Uh, traps or escape attempts from lockup. Okay, trap spaces. When I'd left many, to like a, a tramp, oh, tramp spaces uh, to protect his treasure, each tramp space has a number on it. When you land on that tramp space, flip over three cards from the top of the move deck and add the numbers up uh, on the cards you reveal. This number is your trap score. If your trap score is equal to, is greater than or equal to the number on the trap space, you solve the trap and you get a gold to bloom as your reward. and you can move ahead to the nearest white crystal space. I thought those were ice they are actually white crystals, and they even they say white crystal spaces are the white spaces on the board that appear between the sets of colored spaces. If your trap score is lower than the number on the trap space, you must either lose a gold to bloom. Or go to lock up, uh near the start space. Your choice. If you don't have a gold to bloom to lose, you must place your piece in lockup. So this is interesting because these tramp spaces are essential to winning the game. Because it's, it's as thus far, the only way to acquire a gold to bloom is to to deal with this. It's also randomized. Uh, if you can, add, I guess my my thing would be I'm, I'm really slow at adding. But considering that there's no one, it's two, three, four, five, six. Yes, you have a pretty good chance of winning. I think I'm no mathematician. Okay, lack up. At the start of your turn, you're in lack up. You must, if you're in lack up, you must flip the top three cards of the move deck and add the numbers up revealed. If the total is seven or greater, you escape from lack up and you can uh, place your piece on the white crystal space behind the player who is in next last place. After three failed attempts, you escape on your next turn. So here's some advice: keep your gold balloons and go to jail. Again, coming from someone that's never played the game, because you need the gold balloons to win. And again, it seems unless I'm misunderstanding this, you flip three cards. You okay? Flip three cards and add them together. It's got to be greater than seven. Let's just try this a few times and see if I beat seven out of three times. Okay, so I got a zero, a four, and a four. So first try, I escaped. Okay, next try, zero, two. Okay, not looking so great for this one, but, uh, and zero. So second try, did not, uh, and I probably wouldn't have won uh, on the space. Uh, Third try, looking good, four. Six, that's ten. We're good. So two out of three. So I would say, uh, go ahead and go to you know, go. What do they call lockup? This is kind of fun, huh? Okay, bumping players. When you land on a red, a blue, yellow, or green space that's already occupied, uh, you bump that player backwards, but only to the like nearest white crystal space. Uh, those are safe zones that players cannot be bumped from. So crystal zones are safe zones, and if you get bumped, you go back to the crystal, not to lock up. That's what I would have thought, but uh, not the case. It doesn't say, does it say anywhere if the kid or two people can share lock up? I'm always, like, in, you know, in these arguments about the games. You know, I know we're having this whole thing. Like, is there a Supreme Court of Games where they say no? Like, is there too much, like, uh, there's too much room for interpretation sometimes? Okay, gold blooms. You win a dual bloom every time you solve one of One Eyed Willie's traps. Uh, you can carry up to four gold blooms at a time. If you land on a trap space, you can dis- discard a gold bloom instead of attempting to solve it. Uh, this does not count as solving it, so you won't get a gold bloom as a reward. Obviously, if you're giving it up, so it's interesting. Uh, At the end of the multicolored path on the border is three skull spaces, one for each branch of the path. If during your move you land on or pass over a skull space, you must stop and reveal the skull token on the space. If the token says go back, move your place back to the nearest white crystal space. If the skull key is on the other side of the skull token, you immediately advance to the white crystal space on the other side of the skull spaces. At the end of your turn, regardless of the outcome, turn that skull token face down and shuffle it with the other two tokens, and place the tokens randomly on the skull spaces without looking. So I, I'm interested. I'm mean, I finding this game interesting as far as like the connect, like the just calculating, uh, getting the, the balloons. Uh, the winner of the game is the first player to reach escape space while holding at least at least. That's interesting. I was wondering this at least four gold to So you could hold four. So once you get three gold to start trying to go to the end. But if you get a chance to get one more, that'd be good. And that's actually the end of it. And so that's the, actually the end of our unboxing is a game from a movie. I love, uh, then I might actually play. It may play it with a 10 year old. Don't tell anybody at Uh, their nine year old, that's about to be 10, but, uh, you know, don't tell anybody at the Great Gaming Commission, uh, but I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, it was really enlightening to me because this thing's been wrapped for probably six or seven years. Sorry, whoever gave it to me as a gift. Uh, I think it also came with a shirt, maybe. I don't know. I have a Goonie shirt. I don't know if it came with a Goonie shirt, uh, but anyway, good Good night. I want to thank some people on Twitter. Uh, Young Bench, uh, Bear Trap, thanks and good night. Extra Crispy, thanks and good night. Uh, Bassy, Missy, thanks and good night, both of you. Uh, Lauren with an O to the Ren, uh, thanks and good night. Uh, uh, J Lunchbox, uh, thanks and good night. Uh, Texas back. Thanks and good night, Andre K. Thanks and good night. Uh, Red Fink nine zero two one zero. Let's talk about a combo. Uh, thanks and good night. Uh, Dick uh, Dick Dick Blizzy. Thank you and good night. Uh, Johnny Topside. Thanks and good night. Uh, Carrie Carrie and her husband. Thanks and good night. and the Falling Cat, Thanks and good night. Uh, Trouble Bun. Uh, and Ben, etc. Thanks and good night, Sally W. Thanks and good night, Jamie M. Thanks and good night. Shout out to Twit. Thanks and good night, Saffron Girl, Sophie Smash. Thank you and good night, uh, Miranda. Thank you and good night, uh, Brandon to to the W. Thanks and good night, uh, Queen of Quacks. Thank you and good night. Uh, Tyler, secret to everyone, thank you and good night. Cherish, I cherish you, thank you and good night. Uh, Cammy, thanks for writing that great article, thanks and good night. Uh, Green Jess P, thank you and good night. And whoever gave us a shout out over on the mental health of the zone on Buns, thank you. Uh, Ash Joy, uh, thanks and good night. Woasty, thank you and good night. Golden Dreams, Jesse, thank you and good night. Ryan, uh, Q to the B to the N, thank you and good night. Debbie, my local buddy, thanks and good night. Jonathan M to the merch, Uh, thank you and good night. Justin K, thanks and good night. Thanks for uh, recruiting all our friends beyond the binary. And Thanks and good night. Tanya thanks and good night, uh, Hannah. PBR cowgirl, thanks and good night. Furball, thanks and good night. Uh, F thank you and good night. Ivan, thanks and good night. Mazi, thank you and good night. Uh, Fridge buzz now, thanks and good night. And again, thanks to Bassie. A double shout out, Tulsa Voice, uh, thanks for loving the podcast. What fishy, that fishy that I'm saying thank you to, thanks and good night. Uh, Mommy Amy, thank you and good night. Jane L, thank you and good night. 10F10, local pal, no, uh, L to the biz L, thanks and good night. Uh, both local, thanks and good nights. Thomas Fair, to the B, to the R, to the O, to the T, 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 R, thanks and good night. Amy Mojo, thank you and good night. Brian P, thanks and good night. Old Gray Rabbit, thanks and good night. Uh, Daft Can't, uh, say Daft Can, say good night, so thank you. Fit Bottom Girls, thanks and good night. Uh, Denise, uh, thank you and good night. Babs, be like Babs, thanks and good night. Nikki Badger, thanks and good night. Jesse, golden dreams. Thanks and good night. Lisa S to the P. Good friend. Thank you and good night. Uh, Christie O C. Thank you and good night. Uh, Nug and illusionoid. Thanks and good night. Always whelmed. Thank you and good night. Top shocking. Thanks and good night. Uh, Yeti for hire. Thank you and good night. Uh, Fantabulizer. Thanks and good night. Uh, Lauren uh, M, thank you and good night. Uh, Drew M, a different M, but thank you and good night. Drew, it was the one to interview me for Extra Crispy. Uh, Suzanne W, thank you and good night. Julie C, thanks and good night. Uh, Sam, thanks for checking on that haircut. I did not get even tonight. Whatever it is, like the waning days of January. When I'm recording this, Beth, uh, thanks and good night. Uh, Lydia, thanks and good night. Eller, uh, Andy, uh, V, thank you and good night. Uh, Slowboat China, thanks and good night. Uh, David K to the to to the J's, uh, thank you and good night. Justin D, thanks and good night. Uh, Carrie S, thanks and good night. Lida, uh, congrats on the new gig. Thanks and good night. Uh, Destinex, uh, thanks and good night. Mary Beth, thanks and good night. Mel Stevens, thanks and good night. Atomic April, thank you and good night. Dr. Graham, thanks and good night, my friend. Uh, Alyssa, thank you and good night. Uh, Rachel W., thanks and good night. Uh, Alexandra S. to the Z, thank you, and good night. Heather Poorbly, thanks, and good night. Uh, Devin, thank you, and good night. Xmas Kitty, that's a little shuttle from the past, thanks, and good night. Uh, Lauren M., thank you, and good night. Uh, Rhea Benji, thank you. Uh, Bloom, thanks, and good night. Uh, Sick or Strong, thanks, and good night. Uh, uh, Laura, Laura Genevieve, thank you and good night. Uh, Jason P., thanks and good night. Sparky Monster, thanks and good night. Uh, Stasiosaurus, thanks and good night. Uh, again, I knew also I haven't got my hair cut. Os Bueno, thanks and good night. Uh, Becky Home, homey thanks and good night. Sparky Monster, thanks and good night uh Mikey b from radio thanks and good night stephanie l thank you and good night uh mama bon bon mama la bon Ma, mama la bone thanks and good night bone uh sad moon face gal thanks and good night girl a thanks and good night mint cookie thank you and good night survivor alley thanks and good night court andrus uh, thanks and good night Leah Phelps, thanks and good night. Eccentric Allison, thank you and good night. Uh, Karma Dorjal, thank you and good night. mixture Hyde, thanks and good night. And the Knowles tweets, uh, thanks, thanks and good night. Uh, thanks everybody for supporting the show and good night.